Foodie lovers, it's time. Hello, food lovers, it's Dave. Are you ready for some foodie fun? Yes, today and every weekday, cooking something good and your host, Dave Duso, brings you foodie fun adventures and fantastic food talk. Get ready for great recipes, food experts, daily prizes, lots of laughs, and of course, great deals on restaurant certificates and other food-related items at cookingsomethinggood.com. And now, ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys, oh no, it's Dave Dussault. Et c'est vrai, c'est moi, David Dusso. Bienvenue. It's true, it's me, it's Dave Dusso. Welcome to Cooking Something Good. Another great show in front of you today. It's Friday all week. We've been talking about barbecue and craft beer. And today we're going to wrap it up with Kevin from the KC Rib Shack in Manchester, New Hampshire, and Carl from Abel Ebenezer Brewing in Merrimack. It's going to be a great show. We are absolutely positively excited about the opportunity. We've got Dear Dave. We've got Forks Up Recipe of the Week. And we've got, indeed, the Foodie Know-It-All Daily Quiz of the Day. So there are several chances for you to either win prizes, win gift certificates, or get a great deal on the product of the day. It's going to be fun. Stick with us. We are cooking something good on a Friday. Hey, let's get right into it this morning. It's time for the Sharila Deal of the Day. The Sharila Deal of the Day. Every day, cookingsomethinggood.com brings you a great deal on either a great food-related product or a great gift certificate. And today we only have four of these, but this is really a great deal. It's half off, 50% off on a gift certificate to La Maison Navarre. It's in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. I am French Canadian. I love French food. This place you're going to absolutely love. It's ridiculously good. And these certificates are 50% off. A $20 gift certificate for just $10. That is today's Sharila deal of the day. But you can only get it at cookingsomethinggood.com. And we only have four of them. So go to cookingsomethinggood.com and get a $20 gift certificate for just $10 at La Maison Nara. It is going to be an experience that you will not forget. It's the Sharila Deal of the Day from your friends at cookingsomethinggood.com. It's time now for the Dear Dave Question of the Day. Every day I read a question from one of our listeners, and if I read your question on the air, you win a $20 gift certificate to a great restaurant. 
All you have to do is send in your Dear Dave question of the day to dave at cookingsomethinggood.com. Email it to us. Put Dear Dave in the subject line. And if I read your question, you'll win the gift certificate. It's as easy as that. Today's Dear Dave question of the day comes from Angie in Henniker, New Hampshire. And she asks, Dear Dave, I've noticed over the last, especially 20 years, there are more and more women brewmasters and brewing company owners across America. Can you tell me what took so long for women to become involved in this industry? Angie, that's an interesting question. I had no idea what the answer was. I actually looked it up and I found out that in the early days, women right up to the halfway through the 1800s were the primary brewmasters in America. A matter of fact, women did almost all the brewing of beer in America. And back then, beer was really important. It was a food and it was a beverage. Beer was safer to drink than water. And everyone kind of knew that water was a poison. They didn't have sanitation like we have today. And when you make beer, the germs, they're, they're boiled out of the water. And it has alcohol, which acts as a preservative. It was a way to hydrate, stay hydrated without catching dysentery. So women were very involved. They were the primary brewers, and it was an incredibly important part of the early American settlers. So there's your answer to your question. Thanks for sending it in, Angie. Because you did and because I read it on the air, you're going to get a $20 gift certificate to KC's Barbecue in Manchester, New Hampshire. Remember, if you want to be part of this, if you want your question answered on the Dear Dave, just send us an email, dave at cookingsomethinggood.com, subject line, Dear Dave. If I read your question on the air, you win here at Cooking Something Good. Take a step back in time. Visit New Hampshire's Conway Scenic Railroad at the center of North Conway Village. We offer a choice of heritage and scenic train rides the whole family will enjoy. Take a journey over Crawford Notch on our Mountaineer. Or take a spin on one of our valley runs where we recreate classic train travel when rustic passenger trains ran from town to town. Our pub train offers a selection of beverages and culinary delights. Call 603-356-5251 or visit us online at conwayscenic.com. Hey, foodies, all you gastromaniacs. I want to take just a moment and talk about our website. It's called cookingsomethinggood.com. And Cooking Something Good is foodie fun, recipes, deals, gadgets, restaurant, gift certificates. It's a great place to go for anything food-related. And this week, we've got a great special. It's called the Cooking Something Good Recipe Book. It's a 100-page blank on the inside with just lines cookbook that you can use to pass around to people in your life, whether it's a close friend, a significant other, uh, parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, aunts, uncles, anyone you know who cooks something, has a recipe for something that you really love. It's a keepsake. It's something you can have forever. It's called the Cooking Something Good Recipe Book. It usually sells for $19.99. It's on sale for $9.99, so you're already saving $10.00. Uh, and this week, and we're really excited about this, every dollar is being donated to the Nashua Soup Kitchen and Shelter. So if you go to cookingsomethinggood.com, the first thing you're going to see up there is the uh, Cooking Something Good recipe book. And when you buy it, you're getting a great item and you're donating to a great cause. Cookingsomethinggood.com. Foodie fun, recipes, deals, gadgets, and more. 
And we're back, and I got a little song for you. Heaven, 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 yeah, I'm in heaven. I'm in heaven, because Kevin's got some barbecue. We got Kevin Cornish from KC Rib Shack in Manchester. I love barbecue. It's on 2nd Street. It's in Manchester. It's called KC Rib Shack, and they got great stuff. Kevin Cornish, welcome to Cooking Something Good. Thank you so much for being with us. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, I think you can tell I'm a little pumped up today because... Real slow-cooked barbecue, I mean, hands dripping with sauce, paper towels at the ready, picnic kind of tables, that's my idea of fine dining. I'm a nut. I'm like that guy from MASH who really likes Adam's ribs, uh, and I haven't got a chance to get to your place yet, but I sent, a, uh, I sent one of my, one of my uh, spies over, and she is an amazing uh, pitmaster on her own. She's a great barbecue pitmaster. And she loved it. Absolutely loved it. Awesome. Uh, so you've got good a, a good rating. Hey, uh, let me let me just said I, I read a little bit about your uh, on your webpage, and in, and this is kind of like a, a, a biblical. But in the beginning there was darkness, and God said in the form of a newspaper article about a man named Curtis in a shack in Putney, Vermont, let there be barbecue in Manchester, New Hampshire. So the story goes that you, Kevin Cornish, reads the article, hops in his car, you you took a road trip to Putney, and now, just like that, you own a barbecue joint. Not that easy. Kevin, tell us a story about about uh, what's behind KC's and how it came to be. Well, it, uh, I think it, it came to be when, you know, you growing up in New Hampshire, you had learned that barbecue was hot dogs and hamburgers and uh, possibly chicken that was overcooked on the grill and, um, you know, burnt on barbecue sauce and, and what have you. And so uh, when I had... Uh, became old enough to start getting out of Manchester, I guess, and uh, had read the article in, um, I think it was the New York Times or something about uh, Curtis's The Eighth Wonder of the World Barbecue out in Putney, Vermont. There were a handful of us that made the road trip out there. I think at the time we used to go to Vermont because the drinking age in New Hampshire had just recently changed from... Um, uh, 18 to 21 and so so you could go to Bra a, you could go to flat street and brattleboro right that's exactly where we used to go yep flat street that was where I, i'm a western mass kid and flat street was the place to go yeah no that's funny that's funny that you bring that up because i couldn't i was trying to think of the name of the place we used to go but yeah we would literally go out there and get a hotel in brattleboro and stay for the night and um because it was the one place that we could as um you know 18 19 20 year olds go out go out drinking and know? they had nickel draft um, nickel drafts too <laughs> oh yeah i don't, I don't recall nickel that, drafts but. they had on friday night so but that was that was so i think it in one of those adventures we went out and stopped at curtis's and it was uh uh it was certainly a, a life-changing experience for me because I remember seeing him there with a, you know, it was the first time I'd any, seen anybody with like a huge oil drum cut in half and a chain link fence stretched across it. And he literally had a, a bucket with a floor mop on it, you know, and he was just mopping down this, you know, big chain link fence of ribs and chicken. And um, I think it was the first time I had ever had, you know, spare ribs that didn't, come from a Chinese food restaurant and, you know, <laughs> we're just 90%, 90% bone like they used to give you back in the day. And I remember going back there 
a second time and, and kind of getting chased out of there because we went out behind the bus school buses that he had that he served and there was a dumpster out there and and I saw that there were rib boxes in the dumpster and I you know not knowing what the hell I was even eating really at the time I was kind of trying to get the what type of ribs they were using off of the boxes and I remember someone coming out of the back of the bus and kind of shooing me away you know so yeah unfortunately Curtis passed away this winter yeah um I, I don't know whether that means um I don't know how involved he was has been for the last few years and if you know, possibly he has family running it now, or if they hopefully somebody will continue it on. Um, and uh, but it was uh, I remember, you know that that kind of set the um, set the fire in me. I saw on your menu that you have a uh, a shovel full of food. Can can you what the heck is hey. a shovel full of yeah, food? Explain great. people what that is. It's uh, it's over six pounds of meat. We bring to your. Um, table in a uh, a big feed shovel that actually has a uh, has so much meat we had to put kickstands bicycle kickstands on the shovel so they don't tip over at your table but we bring it to the table like that it's it's been awesome it's gotten us a ton of national as well as international notoriety on man versus food and on the travel channel and food paradise on the discovery channel as well as uh, the greatest pig outs in america on the uh, Food Network, and um, so we constantly get people. I'm blown away when people come in and they're like, you know, from and not literally from another country, and said, "We saw you guys on TV, and we had to come get the shovel." <laughs> I got to tell you right so, now, whoever gives my eulogy, here's what I want said at my eulogy. You know, Dave died, and he died happy. He died after eating two shovelfuls of food from casey's it was a world record no one thought it could do it and no one said because we know how happy dave was to eat that much barbecue in that short a period of time so god bless you kevin cornish god bless you casey's rib shack and god bless america rest in peace dave do so that's what i want kevin cornish hey thanks for being with us we had a good time and we look forward to seeing you in the very near future Awesome. I appreciate you having me on. Sounds good. Hey, we're going to take a commercial break and those help pay the bills around here. Stick around. I'll be coming back in just one minute. Hey, gastromaniacs. I know there's nothing more frustrating than when you're in the kitchen and you're working away like a maniac and you spill something. Don't worry, nothing cleans up all of your spills faster or better than spill salt. Simply completely cover any spill with spill salt until there's no visible sign of liquid. And with a few sweeps of a broom, all you're left with is a clean, dry surface. It's immediately safe for foot or vehicle traffic. And this includes greasy restaurant floors too. No more chemicals mopping the floor down at the end of the night. If you own a restaurant, Spill Solved is also great. And the best part, Spill Solved can be used over and over again. That's right, it's recyclable. Use it over and over. It's an easy to use container. You simply pour it right back in. This is a great product. Spill Solved, you can find it at cookingsomethinggood.com. That's Spill Solved at cookingsomethinggood.com.
We're back. So many great ways to win gift certificates on cooking something good. And one of the ways is, and the biggest certificate of all, the biggest prize of all, if you can win the contest and become the recipe of the week. You get your picture on the front page of our website and you get your recipe on our website for an entire week. Forks up if you want to win this. All you got to do is send in your recipe to Dave at CookingSomethingGood.com along with a headshot of yourself. And if you win, we'll give you a $100 gift certificate to a great local restaurant. And you get your picture and your recipe on the page for a week. Want to take a moment to talk to you about CookingSomethingGood.com. That's our webpage where we have great deals on great products, all food related. You can't beat it. It's CookingSomethingGood.com. This week, all week, we are featuring the Cooking Something Good recipe book. It's got our logo on the front. It's got 100 pages inside. The pages are blank, just lines. You give it to your family. You give it to your friends, your grandparents, your great-grandparents, your aunts, your uncles, anyone who has great recipes. Pass it around. Let them fill it in. And then you've got a keepsake, something you can keep forever. And remember, when you buy this book, usually $19.99, just $9.99 now, Every dollar, $9.99, go to the Nashua Soup Kitchen and Shelter. It's at cookingsomethinggood.com. Check us out. And we're back. Uh, all week, it's beer and barbecue, barbecue and beer. Barbecue goes with beer like beer goes with barbecue. Those two things go together. And uh, I always, I've been saying all week, and I'm going to say it again. I'm not talking about some beer that's like being in a canoe. It's like being close to water. We're talking about good craft beer made right here in New England. And one of the beers that uh, my friend Mel absolutely loves comes from uh, Abel Ebenezer, and that is a brewery in Merrimack, New Hampshire. And with us today is the co-founder and brewmaster, Carl Soderberg. Carl, welcome to Cooking Something Good. We're so glad to have you on the show. How are you today? Very well. Thanks for having me, Dave. Hey, thank you. And before we begin, I just wanted to say, hey, thanks to all of you for your service to our country. It is deeply appreciated by not just me, but by citizens everywhere. So thank you very much. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Now, we're going to start with uh, a question I think I could ask anybody who starts a business, but especially somebody who starts a, a brewing company. At some point, one of you guys said, let's make beer and sell it. Did any grown up say to you, are you nuts? Uh, oh, yeah. Most of them. <laughs> and I think that's that's normal when opening a small business. But I mean, that's just one of the many things you have to tune out when there's, you know, something you really believe in and something you really want to do. Uh, if you want it bad enough, you're going to make it happen. Yeah. And it's funny because everyone I've talked to this week in, in this industry, they all tell me the same thing. They do it because they love it. Do you feel that? Oh, yeah. Every day. Do you ever feel like, God, I'm the luckiest person. I, I get to do what I love for a living. It's a good feeling. I mean, being able to take your garage hobby and grow it into a business is, uh, uh, I don't even know. I mean, seven plus years later, it's still a little surreal. So yeah, I enjoy it every day. Yeah. You can't beat that. Hey, when you started, you had to have had a mission statement in the beginning. Uh, what was it and has it changed over the years? And if so, how? I don't know if we per se had a specific mission statement. I mean, the whole thing was just to create an independent beer company. And I, I think that still holds true today. I, I just think that the things that have changed over time are the methods that we've gone about it. And that's really been, I mean, we, we never really set out with ambitions of growing up to be the next Sam Adams. We just wanted to be a small independent craft brewery that could produce beers that 
we enjoy drinking um, with no outside influence, and that's the most valuable thing to us is our, our company's independence. Hey, listen, COVID, it's, it's been, you know, I cannot interview people this week without talking about COVID, its effects, and what adjustments people have had to make. What adjustments have you guys made as a result of COVID? And I'm asking everybody this question this week, but in a way, has it made you a better company? Oh, yeah, hands down. But I think what it really showed is we were already a good company just because of how quickly we rallied. I mean, the last year has been really telling. Uh, so going back to how much we value our independence as a company, we do our own distribution to retailers and restaurants locally. We have our own vehicles and our own team of guys that do all of our own sales. We have our own canning line. We do everything here in-house. We don't have any outside vendors that have to come in to pr help us produce product. We were able to pivot within a matter of days to beer home deliveries, and we built out a section of our website for it. And, I mean, not only did it take off, it kept everybody employed. We didn't have to furlough anybody or lay anybody off. No one took a pay cut. And uh, actually, April and May 2020, believe it or not, and it sounds crazy still saying it, but those were our best sales months um, enables history, just delivering cans of beer straight to people's doors. Well, I'm going to tell you, I believe that because trust me, in April and May in 2020, I drank a lot of beer. <laughs> More than I ever I think, we, I think we all did. <laughs> yeah, it was really very interesting time. Uh, to your customers, uh, your loyal customers, the ones that have been there and even your new customers, what's new? What are you guys working on? What can your fans expect in the near future from uh, Abel Ebenezer? Well, we're continuing to play around with new styles. That's kind of the fun side of brewing because, uh, you know, once, once something's designed, it's, it's really manufacturing, just repeating steps. And that's kind of at the heart of, you know, consistency and quality is what keeps us in the market. But we're having fun experimenting with new stuff. We're working on uh, Ingenuity Number no. 11, which is our new rotating New England IPA series. Uh, we're bringing a honey blonde ale to market in June. Uh, we're working on a new lager. We're starting to talk about seltzers. So we're trying to explore, but we're not trying to do it so much that that's what we become known for. I mean, Burn the Ships is still the big one. That's It's on our brew schedule every week. So that's that's our bread and butter. Aside from that, we're continuing to build on our home delivery service because, I mean, now that we're hopefully, knock on wood, on the tail end of the COVID pandemic, we're still seeing delivery orders coming in to have four packs delivered to people's doors. So we expanded and gave the service its own website. We brought on another driver, and we're covering seven days a week now across southern New Hampshire. Hey, fantastic. Um, can we just talk quickly, your tap room? First of all, your address and the hours you're open. Uh, we're at 31 Columbia Circle here in Merrimack, uh, and we're open seven days a week at the bar, uh, four to eight Monday through Thursday, four to nine on Fridays, and then we're open one to nine Saturdays and one to seven Sundays. And we're pouring pints. We have food trucks on Fridays. It's a and good time. What are the hours of the food truck? Food trucks on Fridays are during our open hours, so 4 to 9. Oh, fantastic. And uh, quick, your website, what's the address there? AbelEbenezer.com. That's easy enough. And I got to tell you, I had a lot of, uh, I had over 600 breweries to pick from. So my friend Mel loves to drink beer, and he's like, oh, I love this place. So, of course, you were already in the running, but then uh, I'm a history nut, and the Pine Tree Riots and Mr. Blodgett. Uh, I'm a Sunapi resident, so uh, I, I thought that was pretty cool. So your website's pretty cool. So if you want to check out a site and learn a little history too and find some great beers, that's the place to go. AbelEbenezer. Is it .net or .com? I'm sorry. .com. .com. That's the place to go. Hey, before we go, let's give away a $20 Abel Ebenezer gift certificate to a lucky listener. What do you think, Carl? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Today's question, it's a tough 
tough question. I am on the phone with Carl Soderberg. He is the uh, co-owner and brewmaster at the Abel Ebenezer Brewery in Merrimack, New Hampshire. If you, and again, his name is Carl Soderberg. So if you can tell me Mr. Soderberg's first name, be the first person to call 732-336-1040, 1040 and tell me his first name, you win. If you don't know the answer to that question, I'm worried about you. Anyway, Carl, thanks for being with us. Uh, I really enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to stopping up uh, in the near future and, and having a beer on a Friday and grabbing some food with the family. Yeah, totally. Thanks, Dave. I really appreciate it. Right. We'll see you soon. Thanks. A gastromaniac, Jack H. from Hollis, New Hampshire, wrote in, and he wants to know if I really use Manny's olive oil. I do. Uh, it's comes from Crete. Uh, the Greeks make some of the best olive oil in the world. It is a, a very well-priced. We have it at cookingsomethinggood.com. It's not terribly expensive. The price you see there is uh, including shipping, so there's no additional shipping. Uh, it's harvested by hand. There are no chemicals. It, it's really a great olive oil. Manny's olive oil. I use it, and that's why I sell it, because if I didn't use it, I would not sell it on this site. Give it a try. Manny's olive oil from Crete with love. Okay, foodies, all you gastromaniacs, get ready. It's time for the foodie know-it-all daily quiz question of the day. Be the first person to phone in with the correct answer. 732-336-1040. Leave your name, telephone number, and the correct answer. If you're the first person to leave the correct answer, you win a $10 gift certificate to a great local restaurant. Today is the Woodlands Farm Brewery in Kittery, Maine. I just want to party, I just want to party, I just want to party. In what city is the world's largest beer festival held? 732-336-1040. Just leave your name, number, and the answer. Be the first person to do it. You win. Again, cooking something good. We're always having fun and giving away great stuff. Another show has come and gone, and we have had a great week. Beer and barbecue here on Cooking Something Good. Thanks to all our guests. Remember, cookingsomethinggood.com. All your needs for barbecue or any other kind of food-related item is at cookingsomethinggood.com. Have a great weekend. See you Monday. <laughs>